little lamb For the kingdom belongs to his sheep And your life is in the hands Of a God who never sleeps Fear not, little lamb For the kingdom belongs to his But God who never sleeps Hey, welcome back to Tending Lambs. Today's episode is the final installment of our Proverbs series with Dr. Don Owsley. We've had a blast getting to know the book of Proverbs a bit better, and we hope you have too. Please enjoy this last piece of the puzzle, Applying the Proverbs Today. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Don, for joining us again. We are really excited to have you for this third episode on our Proverbs series. Um, and today we're going to be tackling the question, what does the rod mean for us today? Um, we really believe that Proverbs is the counsel of God. We uh, really revere it as such. And um, as with the rest of the Bible, as we hold it in its cultural and linguistic context, we also want to be able to apply it to our lives today. So we're going to go over some of that with uh, Dr. Don. And um, yeah, we're really excited to jump in. Well, I'm excited to be here with you again. It's, uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun the last time, and um, I suspect we're going to have fun this time too. Yeah, it was. We, uh, Sam, Katie, and I afterwards were all we just all really enjoyed that so much. And, um, you know, as much as we've kind of dug into this ourselves, we all three walked away going, wow, that, that was really good. I learned something new. So it was really fun. Yay. <laughs> cool. Um, good. So you have written a handful of really helpful articles on these verses in Proverbs that people typically use this bank that we went over in the last two episodes. Um, and we will of course link those in the show notes, but, uh, one of them is Proverbs is not a training manual, or Proverbs is not a child training manual. Would you share what some of the driving points from those are? Uh, why isn't Proverbs a child training manual? Just by way of review, the background is um, my wife and I really struggled on how to work with our, our um, younger daughter, whom we adopted, who ended up with reactive attachment disorder. We did not understand any of that. So the thing that uh, we were learning is that there was a different approach when you're working with traumatized children. Mm -hmm. And we had to justify that, at least in our minds, because scripture was very clear in our minds that we had to spank. The only problem with, is, uh, as we have learned over the years, spanking a traumatized child is about the most counterproductive things to do with that child because it just makes things worse. So we were finding that spanking the bum had very upon the brain. It didn't change her behavior, it just made the relationship much, much worse. So then I had to ask my question, uh, our, how in the world do we justify not spanking with the approach that we have with our child? After all, um, many, many different people, parents, pastors, elders, people we knew at church, 
all told us that we had to spank. Bottom line, that was it. There was no question. And I, I wrestled with that. So I went to Proverbs and read it and read it and read it and then got to thinking, you know, why am I not studying Proverbs the way that I've learned to study other books of the Bible? After all, I have my uh, master's in divinity, you know, we studied Hebrew and Greek and did all that. Why don't I do that with Proverbs? Mm. And one of the things that struck me, just as looking at other, other scriptures, um, what struck me was this was very specific to a group of people in a particular time, virtually on, a, on another planet, <laughs> if you want to look at it that way. What I'm saying, it was a whole different world. And uh, I ha you have to ask the question, what's the point of Proverbs? Well, it's not exactly a child training manual any more than the Song of Solomon is a sex training manual. Um, you know, if you want to go that far, that's, let's, let's go for it. Any yeah. more than Ecclesiastes is supposed to inform us about exactly how to live your best life now. Right. Uh, so that's, that struck me. I mean, it, it really, um, that began, began the, the pathway down a paradigm shift in my thinking. And then I explored even further some of the things about Proverbs to say, okay, um, it is written particularly for fathers to train their older sons to become potential leaders or um, more specifically, if you want to get really specific, uh, it, it was to train those who would become chieftains or princes or even king in Israel at some later point. That's the immediate audience. And, you know, how does that overlay? We can talk about that in a moment. But that's immediate audience. It is not manual that we go to, that we open up and we say, um, you know, chapter and verse, this is how we approach our child training. And uh, that's, you know... The thing with Proverbs is it's not organized in a very succinct, easy to follow, easy to read, step one, two, three manner that we're all used to, especially manuals. It's not a recipe book. And once we understand that, then it becomes, um, and then comes the other questions. How in the world do you apply this today? You know, right. how, how, do we, how do we translate two to 4,000 years something that was written back then, still God's word, still God speaking, but bring that up to speed into today's life. So generally speaking, among the three of us, we agree that verses don't mean that we should spank today. Um, but we obviously love scripture. We revere it very highly. And so um, we wanted to get just a little bit into what we would call the equity of the law, which it's kind of the heart of the law, how we apply Old Testament concepts from another day and age and um, take the timeless truth that God gave to his people and apply it to our lives today as believers. So, Don, could you just walk us through a little bit of that? What is, what is the equity of the law and how, how does the equity of the law in these rod verses apply to us today as believers? How can we extract truth from them and really glean from God's counsel in that way? 
you know, some of the, some of the catechisms that we find, you know, from the Heidelberg, the Belgic Confession, uh, the Westminster, they, they do a very decent job at explaining what we call the equity, the general equity. Now, for those who've never heard that, we're not talking about equity that you have in a house. Um, a good way to understand it is the application of God's word to the present time. Now, that's very simplistic, but without getting into the, you know, the depths of theology, that's really what it means, the, the equity thereof, the general equity thereof that we mm -hmm. find in the Westminster Confession, chapter 19. Does that make sense for any it does. It does make sense. And I think uh, the confessions are actually a, a really good place to, to uh, go for this and we'll add, uh, add those to the show notes page. I think that will be very helpful. Uh, what parenting principles maybe could we or can we at all draw from the Rod verses specifically? Are there any, any principles regarding discipline or... Uh, anything like that that we can kind of derive given that part or the equity of the law? Great question. And, and that really is the ongoing question. And quite frankly, it would be a lot easier if we just went back to the Old Testament and tried to live it. Because yeah. we get, you know, very specific step-by-step -step ways to live out the law. We live in, a, in an era under Christ where we have to apply it in a wise way, mm -hmm. which means the application uh, is going to vary. You're going yeah. to uh, apply it differently in your, your context, your family, and, and, uh, and you know, all of us as believers are going to apply it differently. Yeah. And that's, that is really the heart of the struggle, I think. It's because it does be a challenge for us. We would just rather for somebody to say, how do we train our children? How do we discipline them? How do we deal with them? You know, yeah. let's, and that's why these books on spanking are so popular. Yeah. Because it just gives us a very simplistic, you teach, you spank. You spank, you teach. And, you know, and, and, and many of them have 100 to 200 words essentially to say that. You spank and teach and teach and spank. Yeah. I have several books that, that tell you exactly what to do. So we have to be careful that when we say this is the biblical way, when the Bible itself doesn't even inform it, uh, inform us in that way. That's actually something that um, as I've, uh, you, you know, been on this journey, I've, I've noticed in these books and when people talk about the spanking and they have these whole, it's almost like a whole doctrine of spanking, this yeah. whole method, methodology of spanking that a Christian parent should spank this way and only in these ages and only in these times and only in privacy and all these different things like as if you could find that anywhere in scripture. Yeah. Right. And, right. um, it just seems to me that it is going back to a very law focused and very yes. do this, do this, do this, and you'll save your kids from, from uh, yeah. death yes. um, kind of way of thinking. And that people do, like you're saying, people do try and take these verses and apply them as literally as they can uh, while not, you know, going to jail for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it just, that's not, um, that's not the way that we approach 
any of the rest of the law, I think. Yeah. Um, right. Well, it's not, not under Christ living from the perspective of the New Testament. You know, the, it, the New Testament provides us with, with an understanding how the law fits into the, uh, the history of God's redemptive work. And that's yeah. the key, is discipline um, ultimately means discipling our children, not punishing them. Right. So discipling our children by teaching and instructing them. What do we teach? Man, there's so much that we can teach. Right. You know, let's take Deuteronomy 6. It, it told the, uh, back then, it told them specifically how parents are to apply the law. When you rise up, when you sit down, when you walk in the way. That was a, uh, that was a wonderful word picture to describe. You teach your children God's word and God's law. Yeah. Um, in the context of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you're going out and you see a butterfly, you know, you can talk about the, the amazing work of, of God who is the creator. Mm-hmm. There's so many different variables and, and varieties of teaching in a, in a way um, that still is consistent with the, the essence and the principles uh, of God's word. Yeah. So that makes, that makes me think of um, actually how, um, Jews even still, or many of the Orthodox Jews uh, will still um, have like a, a, a truncated version or, or yes. you know, the law on their forehead, yes. like strapped yes. to their forehead, taking those verses extremely literally. And even yes. then, I doubt that that's what that was intending to communicate. Right. So, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it actually made me think uh, while you were talking, Don, because I'm I'm very uh, type A, and so I can, you know, tend towards instruction manuals. I really love to read. Um, One of the ones I'm reading right now, one of the things that stuck with me that this author said is that parenting doesn't work, it woos. And that, I think, is kind of the heart of what what I understand you're saying, that um, there are many ways to do it, and we, we... tend towards legalism i think a lot of times and wanting 10 steps to spank your child into holiness but really that's not i think as i understand what god intends for us he intends for us to woo our children um to really teach them to love god which is not a 10-step program either so yeah i really i really appreciate what you were saying about that that really speaks to my my type a heart (laughs) totally agree and uh studying again the old testament and proverbs and going through the new testament to look at some ways in which jesus we know the different ways he taught but how did he interact with his disciples Mm -hmm. did he get angry yes he rebuked them but one thing they knew and one thing that is very clear from the gospels is Jesus loved his disciples mm-hmm. and he showed grace and mercy consistently. He didn't come down hard on them uh, with the law. And in fact, he takes the law of the old Testament off of them. And he says, share my yoke with me because it is light, mm-hmm. not heavy. So, you know, let's say Proverbs 23 verses 13 and 14. We looked at that. Do not hold back discipline from the child, although you strike him with a rod, he will not die. Okay, that's very verse specific. That is very specific to that time talking about 
fathers or elders training older sons um, in a very punitive manner. How does it apply to a to the, to uh, this day? Well, discipline is means training, teaching. Um, do not hold back the training and the teaching from your child. And instruct them not only in the matters of God's word, but you know you. Uh, we're constantly telling our little guy who's trying to help us cook, do not touch the hot stove. Mm-hmm. You know, the danger, danger. And he'll reach over and he'll want to test. And, you know, we grab his hand and pull it back. And we say, do not touch. He gets upset. He says, well, you're going to, this is a bad, you're going to get a bad owie. That's, that's is the essence of discipleship. That is a mm-hmm. discipline. Holding his hand from touching the hot stove is a discipline. It's an mm-hmm. act of discipline, if you will. Um, do I need to spank? I have had uh, people older than me, in my age, and I'm 65, say, you should spank him for that. And I say, why? Why? He's, he, you know, he needs to learn. He will learn. But training him and constantly going over it and over and over it, he'll finally get there. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I, we don't need to, you know, even though you strike him with the rod, he will not die. Strike him with God and you rescue him from death. Well, we, we address that. And the, the basic is ultimately we have our, as, as parents, again, going back and reading through the scriptures of what is applicable for us as parents, this is what I gathered. In the New Testament, we are helping to form lives in the most effective way, underscored by the recent research. The most effective way is to be with your child emotionally, mentally, physically, in a way that guides and directs, you said, woo, woos them um, and leads them. That's far more effective than looking at yourself as a, you know, as the uh, the old nanny or the old trainer or the old teacher. With uh, with regard to how um, how we can apply that, man, it's just wide open. Yeah, it is wide open. It is wide open. Uh, I think it it is just fair to summarize all of this in saying that it's not specifically spanking. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's not this, it's aside from that, once you know that this verse isn't telling you now to spank anymore, then it is just about discipline. It is in, yeah. a, in a sense, metaphorical for us now, even yeah. though it's talking about a literal rod for us now, it's the, the rod of discipline. There, I could write a, a, a one page book. I started a, a blog post with a one-page book that says everything the Bible says about child training. Yeah. <laughs> the, the reality is it just ain't there the way we want it. Yeah. And I, so many authors have written, you know, oodles and oodles, you know, of, as you mentioned, how to. Yeah. How to, how to, you know, and exactly what to teach and exactly how to spank. And they say it's biblical. Yeah. Well. Right. You know, I was thinking about what you said about Jesus and his disciples, and I just have to give a shout out to Paul Jordan because he wrote a fantastic blog post for us on um, the relationship between Paul and Timothy, Mm -hmm. which um, 
which Paul describes as a very fatherly relationship. Yes. So I just want to give him a shout out and we will definitely make sure we include that blog post in the uh, show notes as well. Yeah. Excellent. What dawned on me in the direction that I was going just a little bit ago was looking at the scriptures from beginning to end and trying to glean the principles invested in scripture and how we bring it to the fore as parents, mom and dads with our children, Christian children, children that were discipling in Christ. Uh, how do we do that? And one thing I came to the conclusion was it is not a how-to. You know, it, it is not a, a manual, as we said in the very beginning. So what is it? How do we look at ourselves as what, what is our role? Our role is more like a uh, one who fosters the right conditions in a situation, spiritual environment as best as we can uh, to help our children grow, to know the Lord and to grow in Christ. Um, and right after I came to that conclusion, I ran across a book that had been released a number of years ago by Dr. Gopnik, G-O-P-N-I-K, mm-hmm. uh, called the, um, it's the, Gardener, the Carpenter and the Gardener. Have you read that one? No. I haven't, but that one is on my read list. I've heard it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It is not a Christian. So if you, you know, you don't read anything by non-Christians, then ignore it. But here's the essence of it. The challenge that we have in our society today that was really developed came out of the the, uh, late, well, early 1800s was this whole idea of parenting. And uh, that has really caused a lot of problems in many different ways. So what she says is parenting is not uh, on the basis of the, um, of the science and the, you know, the developmental understanding of how children grow, the brain science and all that. We, children are not things that we work at like a carpenter. And a lot of Christian folks this this was me with our first two kids mm. a lot of christian parents think if i do all the right things and have all the right materials and you know use the screw here and apply the hammer there and and uh, and all that then i will form and create just the right kid and it doesn't work that way and so she points out and and gets into quite a detail why that is counterproductive and and not good parenting. Good parenting essentially is more like a gardener. And as a gardener, what do we do? We till the soil, we, you know, weeds, we we plant, we nurture, we give the right amount of sunlight and water and all that. And that is when I read that, it was like what a major relief that is that I don't have to parent our little toddler now. Mm-hmm. like a carpenter. Yeah. I just put into place all the right ingredients as best as possible and allow God to uh, to do his work. Yeah. Clay Clarkson talks about a similar concept in his book, Heartfelt yeah. Discipline, about tilling yeah. the soil to yeah. allow the gospel to, right. to penetrate our children's hearts. Yes. So. Yeah, I agree with that. So that kind of gets into our application question. Just playing devil's advocate here. Sure. Uh, so what? These were intended for young men being trained for leadership positions. Why can't they be applied to younger children? 
um, because the audience is specifically for fathers who were teachers on how to um, impart wisdom to the learner who was the son, all the verses in Proverbs are older son specific. You're not going to teach a three-year-old about adultery, you know, and you're not going to address the issues of morality and ethics at a young age in the way Proverbs does. Right. Are we, are we training them? Yeah, absolutely. We're training them, you know, in the realm of morality. Okay. So we have the standard of the Old Testament in Proverbs. We take the interpretive um, lens of the New Testament and we say, what about the New Testament that we know is relevant, you know, and, and is applied to the Old Testament. How do we interpret that? Are there principles uh, that we can glean from Proverbs with regard to our parenting? Yes. But here's the, here's the key, that we have to take the principles that are derived specifically from the text. So uh, you read uh, Deuteronomies, you read Chronicles, any, any portion of the Old Testament. What was God saying through the author to mm -hmm. the initial audience? What answers um, were given? You know, what questions were being asked? What problems were they having? What challenges were they facing? And then what did God say? What he spoke to that, and he spoke into that, and he spoke into these people, and he said, these are the things I want you to know. Well, those are the basic underlying principles and those principles, then we take, okay, here's some basic ideas and concepts um, that we uh, have from the old, and how do we apply that? And that's the real struggle. There is not a one-to-one -one corollary. Uh, just, just like it, if we want to be very, well, I said last time, very wooden <laughs> in our <laughs> approach, then, then we need to take a real rod and, and beat the back of a son. You know, what, what principles can we glean from that? Uh, that's, that's where the question is. The, the thing that we need to understand about the law today as believers in Jesus Christ, when Christ came and he lived the law perfectly, he did what we cannot do. And he fulfilled not only the Ten Commandments, but the 600 additional commandments. So he, he made a, a wonderful, magnificent change. But we have to understand that the, the issue of the moral law, as many theologians will say, started in the garden with Adam and Eve. I mean, there was one basic law, the covenant of works. Yeah. Uh, Adam and Eve were obligated to obey one law, one simple law. And it, in all its dimensions, just one thing. And of course, they failed. And we have sin, infested with sin, and we are sinners. So God then gives the moral law through, uh, through Moses. And the moral law is kind of like a big tent, so to speak. Uh, th the essence of the moral law was loving God and loving your neighbors, loving others. I'll give you 10, 10 commandments, 10 laws, and um, the first, uh, first four have to do with how to love God, and five through 10 on how to love others. Well, he expands that later on, in um, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, parts of Exodus. He expands that and breaks down loving God under, 
under ceremonial law? In other words, how do you show worship and affection for me, I, the Lord your God? This is what I will accept. This is what it looks like to worship me. Right. Now, so how to love God through the ceremonial law, but then we have loving others. How do we love others? Well, then he gives the civil law. Now, part of the challenge has been with scholars is how do you take a knife and divide them because they're so intimately linked you know, they're, they are, they're, they're so connected. How do we separate them? Yeah. Um, God doesn't give us a clean-cut way to do that. Even Jesus, when he comes, he, uh, he expresses different ways of understanding the intent of the law that contradicted the interpretation that the Sadducees and Pharisees and the, uh, um, the teachers had. So yeah. you have the moral law. You have the ceremonial law, you have the civil law, and Jesus fulfilled all that in his life, and then he died, he was buried because of our sin. Um, the Father is, accepts the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus, under the power of God, is raised again, and uh, he you know, has a 40-day postgraduate series that he does with his disciples, <laughs> and then after that, he ascends, you know, he ascends into heaven. From that moment on, we see significant changes. Yeah. So we go to the book of Acts, uh, as was mentioned before. Do we have to become Jews in order to become Christians? Right. Uh, and do we have to apply all those things of the law in order to become a Christian and to be a Christian? And Acts 15 settles that, as does the book of Galatians. The answer is no. So what you know, principles can we take? Should there be punitive measures for our children? I, I would submit based on the test, no. Is there discipline? Absolutely. Yeah, that was actually something uh, when I first kind of grappled with these concepts. You know, we, I got to the point where I said, okay, so, you know, proverbs aren't commands. They're kind of pithy wisdom statements. Um, So, you know, maybe I'm not commanded to spank, but maybe it's general wisdom to spank. And I think that's kind of, you know, something that if anyone kind of grapples or questions spanking from a Christian worldview, they kind of get to a more um, Christian liberty, maybe you could say, point of view. Um, Yeah. So how would you address someone who's maybe looking for application in that sense? Like, Uh, Well, I'm not commanded to, but, you know, Proverbs is wisdom. It's wisdom that applies to me today. So, you know, spanking is maybe just wisdom, even if I don't have to do it. I would say that how do we have the wisdom? How do we apply? Which wisdom means having the skill to think the thoughts of God about every issue in life. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we have great liberty. Uh, the liberty that we have in Jesus is quite expansive. We also can borrow and glean from recent science Mm -hmm. and research. And and the better way is informed by general revelational uh, matters of, of science and research that can inform us, studies on the brain, developmental science over the past 50 to 70 years, those things can inform the way 
that we approach uh, our child training. Some would argue, well, that's all worldly philosophy and so forth. And, and I wouldn't even want to argue with that because, you know, you, you might as well throw away math, might as well throw away the, the basic things that we've learned from science. Yeah. There's a, a lot of good stuff here. I am honestly, I could just go on forever. And I think this is a really great place to wrap up. I just want to say thank you again for coming on with us. We really appreciate your time and just how you've uh, devoted so much of your your life to learning about these things and that you would come share them with us is really nice. Thank you. Well, it is a, it is a privilege and uh, it's, it's awesome. I'm, I, I guess I could say that I have found my tribe. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yay. We found our people. We'll, uh, we'll put the membership card in the mail to you tomorrow. <laughs> right. No, thank you so much for having me. And it was, it was a great discussion. Thanks so much for listening to Tending Lambs. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please join our Facebook group, Tending Lambs Community Group. You can follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Tending Lambs, and find the show notes page, and lots of other gentle parenting resources at our website, tendinglambs.com. Until next time. Mm-hmm.